Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. podcast. This is Emma. And if it is your first time listening, we are so excited that you decided to tune in today. You can find us on Instagram at NYBWay and you can like us on Facebook at Narrow Way to Broadway. Um, today, I am so excited to be interviewing my new friend, Laura Lee Turner. Laura Lee is a New York-based singer, actor, dancer, and she's originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. Laura Lee has a BFA in musical theater from Oklahoma City University, where she graduated in May of 2019. Most recently, Laura Lee was seen as Karen Smith in Mean Girls on Broadway, where she took over for original cast member Kate Rockwell. Laura Lee also hosts a podcast called Living in the Light, where she interviews artists and creatives where they talk about how Jesus brought them from dark into the light. Um, So help me welcome Miss Laura Lee Turner. Hey, Narrow Way to Broadway. Such an honor to be on the show, Emma. Yay. Well, we're so excited. Um, We're just going to go ahead and dive on in. How does that sound? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, perfect. So for anybody who doesn't know you, let's just give a brief getting to know you. A lot of people will probably know you from your most recent credit as Karen in Mean Girls on Broadway. Um, And so I would love to just give like a brief overview of what that process was like for you in terms of like auditioning and all that good stuff. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say it's so cool to see how God is, is moving in, in the performing arts specifically. And, um, for the listeners, it's just so wild that Emma and I, our paths crossed, um, Mm -hmm. as we were both in this podcast world, Yeah, just loving people's stories and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just seeing the Lord move in that way. So yeah. I'm just, I'm in awe of God and how yeah. he's, how he's bringing his children together, especially in this time. Um, so that's a side note, but yes, uh, Mean Girls on Broadway, it it happened for a moment is what I keep saying. Right. But um, right before the quarantine happened, I made my Broadway debut, mm. which was wild. Um, I had a little bit about me. I graduated from Oklahoma City University. I went there and studied music um, and graduated last May and then moved to New York City in August of last year and just moved to the city uh, with an agent from our senior showcase with hopes of, you know, making it on Broadway or pursuing a career in the performing arts. You know, I love storytelling um, and I was just excited to be there and to, you know, follow my dreams. We all dream of going to New York City and doing the thing and Mm-hmm. Uh, I started nannying and babysitting um, and was just doing the audition grind, waking up, um, you know what it's like, and yeah. just going and um, showing up and trying to be consistent. And six months later, it was just an average Tuesday, and I got an email from my agent that I had an audition for the replacement of Karen and Mean Girls. And, um, I had about three days to prepare the uh, the the materials for Karen and went in on a Monday 
and auditioned for the casting director. I had actually never been into Telsey and company before. I never had stepped foot in a building. That's how wow. green I was. <laughs> and, um, and I auditioned for the casting director. And then um, the final callback was that Wednesday of that week. Whoa. And that was the day that I went in um, for Tina Fey and the whole creative team at Mean yeah. Girls. That's how quickly it happened. I, I know a lot of times with Broadway, it's not that fast. It's yeah. more so like six or seven callbacks and you you go months without hearing and then and then you find out. And it was just a very fast process for me. Mm-hmm. And um, after that Wednesday, uh, the callback um, that Thursday, I get a phone call from my agent that I um, my videotape was being sent to the producers in London. And then that Friday, they offered me the contract. So nuts. it happened within, I know, it's so <laughs> nuts, within a week. And I like to say when when God moves, he moves fast, mm-hmm. Emma. <laughs> yeah. And you can just be in like such, I don't know, your life can change so quickly. Yeah. Um, and when he, uh, there's a verse in Revelation, Revelation 3, 7, where it's like when God opens a door, like no one can shut it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's truly how it felt that it was just like, I was, I was keeping my head down and um disclaiming the victory through that week. And it was so cool to just step into something so much quicker than I ever imagined. You know, like it's Broadway is such a small community and mm-hmm. to have been granted that opportunity is just all praise to God yeah. um, in such a short period of time um, yeah. of being in New York. So it was, it was a whirlwind of a dream from Broadway costume fittings to just everything that takes place to prepare you for that Broadway debut. And, um, I learned the show within a couple of days, honestly, learned like all of act one in one day and then all of act two in like a day and a half. And, Mm. um, then it was just kind of fine tuning and perfecting things and, um, getting to trail Kate Rockwell and really be up close and personal with the whole mean girls team. Um, and, it was, it was, it really was a dream come true. And I'm so yeah. thankful. I just praise God that I got to make my Broadway debut. I mean, I could have uh, gone through all the rehearsals and everything and then not even gotten to perform on stage. Right. But um, it was a really celebratory debut because mm-hmm. there were four of us, maybe five of us who um, were taking over new roles mm-hmm. uh, when I went on. Um, and the, my friend who Chad, who took over the role of Damien is actually from Arkansas as well. So it was wild for there to be two principal roles that were uh, from Arkansas. He actually went to a small Christian liberal arts college that my whole family went to here in Arkansas. And so it's just, it's such a small world. Um, Now he's also back in Arkansas (laughs) quarantined. So we're like, what are the odds, you know? Um, But it was, it just felt like such a release. And, um, getting to perform. I performed three times. So I had a show, my debut on Tuesday night and then a matinee on Wednesday and the show on Wednesday night. And I remember the time that I was, um, the time and place and who was with me. My friend Helen was with me and we were at Whole Foods when I was standing in line and we had had some talks about with the company about coronavirus and about what was happening. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really imagine that 
you know, what happened would happen. And I was standing there in line at Whole Foods getting groceries. And we found out that Broadway was going to be shut down at that point in time. It was for a month. Wow. Uh, And we know it, it's much longer than a month now. Uh, But it was just then devastating that it was only going to be a a month. You know, that was really sad to me of thinking like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I made my Broadway debut and I don't get to do this for a whole nother month. Like what on earth? Um, but now, yeah, it's been so much longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm yeah. I'm thankful for the time that I've gotten in in quarantine to connect mm-hmm. with the the cast of Mean Girls, and it's it's hard because you know with a normal with a normal family in a company or in a cast, you know, you've spent so much time, you've done life together, you know, yeah, right. And I hadn't really. I hadn't really done life with them because I was just learning the show and then got put in and off we went, you know? Um, so it's, it's been hard to feel like, you know, I'm part of this family that I didn't really get to know yet. So I'm, I'm praying that we get to be back once all of this, all of this passes, but yeah. Yeah. So gosh, it's so crazy because just talking about the, the quickness of all of it, of, the audition was quick. The performances yep. were quick. And now we're in yep. a time of slowing again. And yeah. I would love to just hear kind of transitioning, you know, from from these dreams coming true and getting to sit and like relish in that for such a brief time. And now being home, like what what are you up to? Like what is God doing in your life and in your heart in, re- in regards mm-hmm. to all of this? Yeah. You know, Emma, I I keep saying that I don't think that I have grown more in my walk with the Lord spiritually, in prayer, in my reading of his word than I have in this quarantine. And I think that is just all praise to God that he can take a time that is so full of um, loss and Mm -hmm. disappointment and pain and he can give us such grand purpose and draw us nearer to himself. Um, He doesn't waste time. So Mm -hmm. he, you know, he sees us, he knows that we're all in our rooms, in our childhood homes, Mm -hmm. wherever we are scattered across the country, across the world. Um, And he's just so specifically teaching each of us, I think exactly what we need in preparation for what he has next. So for me personally, um, when I came home, I I'm a doer. <laughs> it mm-hmm. can be it's a, it can be my greatest strength, but also my greatest weakness because um, I'm just always excited to see what God is up to next. And yeah. when I came home, I just I knew um, the Lord had something in store. You know, if we're yeah. just hands open your servant is listening. Use me, God. He, he will use us. You know, he's looking for children that are ready to be used. And, um, I just remember just coming home in this place of Lord, what do you want from me in this? Like, how can I make disciples? How can I, you know, fulfill the great commission, even though this looks so much different, like, even though it looks different, you have a plan. Uh, This isn't your plan B. This is your plan A. So use me, you know? Um, and he just put a burden on my heart, Emma, for college girls. Um, it's one season that I actually have walked through, you know, I'm still in the beginning of life in a lot of ways. 
and but college is a season that I'm on the other side of that I can look back and say, you know, the Lord did teach me things through that. I was victorious over some battles mm-hmm. in college and um you know, I feel like the Lord is always looking for us to reach back and to grab a hold of our sisters younger than us and for sisters older than us to grab our arm and pull us along because we need each other and that's the power of the body of Christ. And so um yeah, I just, I had a burden for college girls and I thought, you know, what the heck, we're all using Zoom right now. Zoom yeah. is is the new Zoom university, Zoom mm-hmm. community group, Zoom church, Zoom Zoom is just how we're doing it. So yeah. I, I thought, you know, maybe if I just put it out there that I'm doing a Bible study on Zoom, that God will bring me some girls to get to disciple and to study our Bible together and grow in our walk with the Lord And so I put it on Instagram on my story that I uh, was going to do a Bible study every Saturday for six weeks. And if you wanted to, I made a Google form, a good old Google form. And I said, if you want to, if you want to sign up, um, just sign up on this form and I'll send you a Zoom link and we'll study our Bibles together. Um, And you guys, it's so easy. We have so many resources out there. I use Right Now Media. It's this awesome like Christian Netflix thing that has a bunch of Bible studies on it. And I bet your church has a subscription to it. Cool. And you can just go and ask for that, for a login in Right Now Media. And there's just a library of Bible studies. So basically all I was doing was just facilitating, like assimilating girls onto a Zoom call and then putting the 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 Bible study up, yeah. and we were all like having discussion about it afterwards. And it mm-hmm. was as simple as that. Like it didn't really require all that much of me besides just mm-hmm. being willing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the Lord just continued to use that. And Emma, we are now in today is Saturday, and I think we're on like week thirty five of doing of doing Saturday Bible study. And wow, I cannot even. I can't even tell you how much the Lord has used this small act of obedience of just like, yes, put a Zoom link out there, do this, um, to grow my faith. Like you, you would think like, okay, I'm the one like pouring into them. So I'm teaching them things. And it's like, no, not Mm -hmm. at all. Like the Lord has just taught me, um, so, so much. He's, um, just drawn out new gifts in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. We did a video study for a few weeks, but then um, God was like, I want you to teach. And I thought, ah, I like, I've never taught my Bible before. I don't know. Like, what does that mean? Do I write curriculum? Like, how do I choose a book of the Bible? The Bible's so big. And God was just like, pray, ask me. It's not by your power, Larley. It's going to be through my word. If you mm-hmm. just open the word and preach the truth, like mm-hmm. they're going to hear truth and that's what matters. Yeah. And Emma, he just equipped me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote curriculum for a study on first and second Thessalonians. And wow. the funny thing is first and second Thessalonians was where he led me because um, it's where it talks about living in the light. And mm-hmm. it's just been a, a, a theme uh, right. through starting the podcast that yeah. God is just speaking light Um over yeah. my life and over, um, the, the discipleship and just things that he's doors that he's opened. And, yeah. um, and second Thessalonians are so hard to teach on because it's right. like the day of the Lord and right. 
sexual immorality and just all of these really hard topics that are in these books. And so it was funny because it wasn't just like something that I could figure out and teach in my own strength. It was like Mm -hmm. me constantly being like, I literally cannot teach on this. Like, I don't know how I was just having to like lay bare before these girls every Saturday and be like, listen, this is what we're jumping into. And man, did he honor it. He just showed up every week. And specifically that week on sexual immorality, I was, God was pruning things out of me, Emma, the night before I just could not sleep all night long. Cause I was just on my face repenting before God thinking like, I have left a trail of mess in my own life. Like, and if I'm not if I'm not like getting all this out before God, like I can't expect these girls not to, I mean, to do the same, you know, if I'm, if I'm not doing this in my own walk. So, um, it was just humbling and it has been, um, they continue to fill, fill me up, um, so deeply in community. And I think one, it speaks for the power of community that even if we're all separated right now, like, man, do we need each other? We do like, yeah. I think that's so beautiful. And I also think that um, what you said about like fulfilling the Great Commission during this time, and like, I think it's easy sometimes as believers right now, something I'm realizing is being like, okay, this is just a time of preparation, or this is just a season of desert because yeah. I can't physically go to XYZ. And I think yeah. that God is like, hey, actually, this might look weird to you. It might, it might be on Zoom. It might be on Instagram. But there are still things you don't, you don't get to like throw up your hands and be like, well, I can't go anywhere, so I can't do what God wants me to do. It's like, yeah, like you said, this little step of obedience of being like, well, my computer is what I have. My, like we talked mm-hmm. earlier, right before this interview, of like Laurelie and I are both in our closets at home doing these, exactly. like talking right now, and like just being like, okay, God what do you want to do in me and through me in this time? It isn't, you can still share the gospel. And I think that's just so beautiful and how you've done that with college students and these, these women is that's how you be obedient. Um, and that's so good. And so you mentioned, um, just this concept of like pruning and Mm. I know that you feel like this is something that the Lord's teaching you right now. And in relation to teaching first and second Thessalonians and pruning the things out of our lives, to equip us to teach on those things. And um, I would just kind of love to hear, like, what are some of the things that the Lord is printing out of your life? I know you're reading a book right now by our girl, Beth Moore. So I'd love to hear yes. kind of what you're learning in regards to that. Man, I have read and reread that book, Emma, because mm. she just brings so much truth. So the book Emma is talking about, it's called Chasing Vines by Beth Moore. Run and get it. Um, <laughs> run and get it. It's all um, it's all about the analogy of the vine and the branches yeah. um, from John 15, chapter 15, um, where Jesus refers to himself as the vine and us as the branches. And specifically, um, Emma mentioned, you mentioned pruning. Um, and there's a verse, I want to read it in John 15, where it says, um, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And wow, there's so much in that in itself. Um, the yeah. whole the whole book is um, just about the process of growing grapes, which yeah. sounds like such a, she talks a lot about viticulture and just the science of it. But I mean, science is just so God because he created you know, he created the soil. He created the way that harvesting happens and seasons happen. And it's just no accident, um, especially because we see here in God's word that Jesus refers to to us as the branches. And um, specifically in this time, uh, you mentioned, yeah, pruning. It's just, it's humbling, I think, um, to continue to just be brought uh, to my knees before the Father and in need, desperately in need of um, His Him for sustenance, Him for grace, Him for strength, Him for um, confidence. I think there's been a lot of doubt that I've had mm-hmm. about what you know the next, the, what it looks like around the corner. Um, after this and um, relationally with my career, um, in my friendships. I mean, it's so challenging to stay connected to people right now that it's just, there's just not even one aspect of life that isn't like challenging to trust God, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've just been, I've been humbled by the fact that God is so, he's so gracious. Mm. He longs to be gracious towards us. And I, I, it's so easy for me to just, you know, figure something out and then run off. Um, and the Lord just chases me down and brings me back to him and says, no, I want to teach you something else. Mm -hmm. I want to teach you something else. And I think this time has been so valuable when it comes to pruning, but painful. Oh girl is pruning is so painful because, you know, my life was kind of how I wanted it <laughs> before this happened. I mean, I had a good community in New York City and I was, my dream had just came true and all of that was stripped away. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've all had a stripping of sorts in some way in this time, but um, it's taken, it's just been a lot of the Lord just stripping more and more, um, not just circumstantially, but like out of my heart, just getting yeah. in there and digging it out and saying, Oh, look at that pride. Or Ooh, let's look at that. Like, what is, what does the word say about like actual humility? Um, and I mentioned mm-hmm. a quote to you where Beth says, sometimes growing feels a lot like shrinking. And it's mm-hmm. just so true that, you know, the way of Jesus yeah is that he lowered himself. He humbled himself mm-hmm. to the ultimate low so that we could yeah. be raised up with him. And mm-hmm. we are disciples. We are apprentices. How do you say that word? Apprentices? Yeah. That's a hard word. Um, yeah. 
we're apprentices of yeah. <laughs> of Jesus. Yeah. And he calls us to to walk in the way of Jesus. And that yeah. means lowering ourselves so we can raise up other people. Yeah. And God's just like, Larley, it's not, it's not all about you. It isn't. Yeah. That was a, a, a wonderful blessing of a moment, but life is more. Mm-hmm. And our purpose, Emma, is, you know, everything can fall away. And we know that we have purpose in the name yeah. of Jesus Christ. And yeah. as long as we have breath in our lungs and we have the word of God in our hands yeah. and the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have, we have work to do. Yeah. Because his kingdom is coming yeah. and it may come tomorrow. It may not come in our lifetime, but right. we, the harvest is plentiful and yeah. the laborers are few. And we, we want other people to come to know him so that they can go enjoy, enjoy that harvest yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, I'm just thankful he, he cares enough about the branches to clip us back and to prune us so that we yeah. will bear more fruit right. on this earth. Yeah. I love that. And I love, I think it's one of those things that the Lord does for our benefit is like giving us so many like analogies in scripture that relate Mm -hmm. to physical pictures. And I just think about pruning and like, I just think about, you know, in movies and stuff when someone is, you know, pruning or like using these giant, like huge shearing scissors to like cut back the bushes and cut back these branches and just how there are so many things in the Christian life that when you sign up for an apprenticeship under Jesus, it's like you're signing up to be refined. I think of that like Maverick City song that it's like, I want to be trialed by fire, purified, like take whatever you desire, like here's my life. And I think that sacrifice requires Mm. painful things. I, I like often talk with like to my friends in friendship about Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another. And yeah. I, I think about that in that, like in order for iron to sharpen iron, like it needs to bang up against each other. Like that's yeah. the process that is like so painful. Um, but the pruning, like you said in, in the scripture, it says, you know, so that it bears more fruit. Um, and it's so funny because I think about that and I'm like, the last thing I want someone to tell me is that I'm about to be pruned. Like that doesn't yeah. sound fun. No. Um, but I think I think what's so beautiful is you said like two things that you've said that are true at once in this interview is that your life used to look exact like how you wanted it with your Broadway debut and your great community. But that at the very beginning of this interview, you were like, I cannot deny the fact that this season has been the most fruitful or spiritually like growing season that I've ever had, you know? And that's so beautiful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So yeah. I think of another verse too, Emma, about like just pruning and how people go through desert seasons. And I'm sure this is a desert season for so many people listening and just so many people in the church, you know, it's, it's a hard time. Um, And this verse I've been clinging to in Isaiah says, Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I think that brings me a lot of hope too. just thinking that um, just like the harvest, the streams in the wasteland, he, he promises to be with us in Mm -hmm. the time that is dry and hard and lonely and 
You know, he mm-hmm. prunes and uses this time purposefully so that we'll yeah. be prepared for what is to come on the other side. Yeah. But we even have hope and joy in in the desert and in the pruning. Yeah. Like it sounds it sounds so hard and, and painful, and yes, it is, but there's still an abundance of joy and um he he brings that to us, yeah. you know, in spurts, even though it feels yeah. um hard and challenging. Yeah, that's so true. And I think like what you said in that verse when it says, I love it when God asks questions in scripture. I think it 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 positions us in a different it? posture. Yeah. Do you not perceive it? And I think that's really cool because I think a lot of the times we have to choose to perceive it or we have to choose to be like position ourselves in a posture of like, okay, this is hard, but I trust that God is doing a new thing. I trust that he's making streams in the wasteland. So mm. I think that's good. I'm glad I'm glad you referenced that verse because I think that that's something I've been clinging to too in this time that feels like mm. desert often. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing or another image that I think – we've talked about, and I know it definitely relates to um, what you talked about earlier about living in the light in Thessalonians is, um, I know you talk a lot on your platform about letting your light shine. And that, re- I mean, mm-hmm. of course that refers to Matthew five sixteen. So I'd love to hear kind of like what that means for you. Yeah. Mm, yes. Light. It's been something that I've been just drinking in from his word and thinking a lot about is um, light in the darkness. And mm-hmm. um, actually uh, an image or a little story is that the other night, my mom is also, she's doing a Bible study through John with her Bible study this fall. And, you know, John in the beginning is when it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and, you know, that whole passage. And yeah. she's been thinking a lot about Jesus as light as well. And, she said, you know, I was laying in bed the other night and it's so dark and I could see one bathroom light on down the hall because there was just like a, a glimmer of light, like streaming through mm-hmm. all the way down the hall so that she could see it um, through like from where she was laying in her bed. And she said, isn't that crazy? That's how powerful light is yeah. that it in darkness, like it, there is always like it shines so brightly even though everything else is dark that one little glimmer of white light came in um but I thought that was a powerful image of just light itself but um yeah light living in the light in my in the podcast we talk a lot about how it's Jesus that comes in and takes our dark darkness and brings us into his glorious and powerful light. Mm. Um, and Emma, that's that's just the gospel. It's yeah. the fact that, you know, we once were in darkness, but when we find him, um, we're in the light. Yeah. Uh, Jesus himself says in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Yeah. Um, and he, like you said in Matthew 5, says that, we are the light of the world. So here you have Jesus, the Savior, God incarnate, saying, this is who I am. I am I am light. But then he goes on to say in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. Shine mm-hmm. your light. You know? Yeah. What, what yeah. is that? Exactly is that passage? It's like you're the light. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and just to think that he gave us, us that call. 
right. to um, to shine our light. And he says, don't don't put it under a bowl. It's mm-hmm. it's meant to be put on a lampstand so that people can see it. Yeah. And um, I just feel I feel like that's that's it in our yeah. in our walk with God. It's um, it's undeniably freeing. Yeah. It's um, it's everything to me. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine still being in the darkness where I was before right. Jesus broke in and brought me into his light. So um, I want to shine my light because yeah. I want other people to, to know him and to experience yeah. the freedom and the love found in, in the light of Jesus. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. it's been, yeah, it's, it's just, it excites me because um I think there is there is a lot of darkness in this world and it can be discouraging mm-hmm. and it can cause defeat and disillusionment and depression yeah. and a lot of really hard deep stuff yeah. um and there is a way and a truth in the life and yeah. <laughs> he is the light so yeah. it's so good I think that's one of those things that we hear about in church like if any you know, if anyone grows up in church, you you grow up um, singing this little light of mine, and yeah. how beautiful it is to like let it shine. I I actually had like a really convicting moment at the beginning of quarantine, just praying over the podcast and praying over um, kind of like what that meant and God's call to letting your light shine. And I just remember God. I feel like kind of what the Holy Spirit was saying to me was, Emma, you. You are trying to be the light for your own mm. sake, and you're trying wow. to be the light so that people think that you're the light. When I yeah. want people to see the light in you, because in that verse yeah. it says, they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, not yeah. so that they'll glorify you. And I yeah. just remember like laying wow. on my bed being like, oh no, <laughs> like so oh, convicting. No. And so, yeah, that's just like a little thing of light. I think another temptation and something you and I talked about, Laurelie, is like, I think there's there's a really big temptation for me at least. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but for me and for I know other believers is to live sort of a dimly lit life, to kind of know that you have this light inside you, but to kind of turn the dial down because standing in the light, like you said, living in the light, it requires like vulnerability and standing yeah. in the light requires kind of it is exposing and it oftentimes mm. leads to pruning. Um, so I would kind of love to hear from your perspective, you know, and then also tying into your podcast of like, what, what does living in the light look like? Like oh, what man. tangibly, like, what is that? How do we embody that? Like living and soaking it in. Um, and ultimately like, how did that lead to you starting your podcast and, and calling it living in the light? Cause I love that. Yeah. Gosh, that's, that's such a good question. Um, I found Matthew 5, so I just want to read this passage yeah. for whoever's listening because it's such a beautiful passage if you've never heard it. Yeah. Um, Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16 says, You're, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Mm. Oh, so good. Um, living in the light, you know, I think living in the light is like you said, um, 
we're not the light. It's acknowledging that. Um, I think it starts with receiving the light. Mm -hmm. If you don't know the light personally, Jesus himself, the savior of the world, it's getting on your knees and asking him um, to come into your life and Mm -hmm. to walk in a personal relationship with him, um, to acknowledge that we are in the dark without him, that we're broken and sinful. Um, but as it says in John, first John one, five, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all, none. And it's receiving that and saying, thank you. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me so that I could forever be in his glorious light. Mm -hmm. Um, that you would be able to empower me with that kind of light to go out into the world and to um, share that with others. It's just, it's humbling that God would do that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, it's first receiving that light and then acknowledging that because you receive it, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, your life changes because you don't have to carry that weight that you once had to carry. You don't, um, all of your mess and sin and just all the ways that you feel like you've fallen short of the glory of God. It's because we have, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, he saved us from that. And so we get to walk in freedom and that is just light itself. You know, you feel lighter just walking in, in the truth of, um, Romans 8, 1, that there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, And then it's shining his light to the world. And uh, I think I still overcomplicate this kind of like what you were saying, Emma, of um, taking it, you know, any good thing done in our own strength and by our own power and for our own glory is not a good thing. It's, it's a selfish thing and it's prideful Mm -hmm. thing. And, um, God's been humbling me of that this past week, even just realizing that I can quickly shift from, um, doing things with him and letting him use me to shine his light to the world and, um, kind of shifting into, uh, doing things for God and performing for him or loving him, truly loving him, but believing that I, Laura Lee can, save someone. And that's just not true. You know, I'm, I'm merely a window uh, through which the light can shine and the Holy spirit is the one that's going to set people free. Um, and honestly it holds me back from being able to, it holds me back from God being able to, to use me because the more I control and keep my fists tight around whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish or get done or you know, whatever it is, um, the Lord says, I can do more through your weakness. If you will just let go, if you'll just rest and trust, um, that I'm enough, I'm actually more than enough. I'm very much in control and I already know what's going to (laughs) happen. So, um, just give it to me. So Mm. I feel like that's what he's been teaching me about letting that light shine through me is that it's not, it's not a bunch of executing and hitting the mark and um, doing the choreography. You know, if yeah. I want to talk in theater terms, it's more right. so of just like improvisation and letting him go right. for it, you know. Yeah. Um, so and then we get to be grateful, grateful mm. that 
Um, he even wants, it's humbling that he wants to use us, you know, that, um, he continues to prune those things out of us so that we can bear more fruit and be used for his glory. Yeah. That's so good. And specifically more with living in the light, um, what that's looked like from the podcast side of things. Yeah. It's been humbling, Emma, because, um, going into this, you and I kind of talked about this before the interview today that, um, you know, there's, there's so much, I feel like I'm inadequate to do when God calls, you know, I think there's a quote that says he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called or whatever. Um, and I think there's so much truth to that, that it's not, that's not a Bible verse. It's just a quote maybe by Christine Kane or something, but, um, that like when he does, when he calls you, he will, he will be the one to equip you and, um, going into this being, you know, it's a, it's a pretty vulnerable thing to bring your darkness to light, to bring hard parts of your stories to light. And, uh, I felt like that was where God was calling me to with the podcast. And, you know, I was like, God, uh, it could be such an easy, fluffy thing. And I just felt this really deep sense inside me that him just saying, it's not going to be a, a cute little fluffy thing, Laurelie, because um, that's just, that's not, that's not the way to freedom. And that's yeah. not the way that I'm going to transform people's lives through a podcast. And I was like, okay, let's do the hard thing. Like I'm, yeah. I'm here with you, God. And what that looked like was, um, I had a lot of hard conversations with the people I was interviewing, um, in the beginning of the podcast. Um, my friend, Jenna Claire Mason, she's who I had on first. And we actually, God grew our friendship in that time. He Mm -hmm. was setting her free in so many ways in her own personal story, um, and, and setting things free in in her family. It's just the ripple effect of, um, one podcast interview, you know, of one just nudge for God to say like, Jenna Claire, I want you to bring this part of your story into the light. Mm -hmm. And he used it in, in ways that I couldn't even fathom. Like all I really knew was that God had said, I want Jenna Claire Mason to be your first interview. And I was like, okay, step of obedience. Like I'll ask her and we'll get the ball rolling. And God just did the work from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was scary. It's scary to be on the side of the the person interviewing them that I'm the one asking them. I'm I'm the one pulling this out of them. And I'm yeah. like, ah, I mean, you're being exposed in so yeah. many ways. Like, sure. thank you. Thank you yeah. for your, your vulnerability. And God's like, no, this yeah. is ultimately me. I'm pulling right. all of this out of them because right. I want to use it. And yeah. I want to set people free and bring other people into the light. So yeah. it's, it's encouraging to me, um, yes, to see people vulnerably sharing things, but yeah. I mean, vulnerability is, is really what's it worth if we're not talking about transformation. Yeah. And that's, that's truly what it, you know, sharing our testimony is that, um, it's not us just like laying out naked saying, this right. is my crap. You know, it's, yeah. it's saying, no, this is where I was. And this is what God brought me through. Yeah. And this is why I get to praise him. And this is how I'm going to share it because I know that there are so many people that have probably walked to the same thing. Yeah. It's how he can work all things together for good. Um, so it's been just encouraging to see him bring people to the podcast that uh, I don't even know 
And he's like bringing their darkness to the light and then having them share it on a public platform and then setting people free. And I'm getting messages about how that's exactly what they needed to hear. And it's just, it's God and all praise and glory to him, Emma. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, I, before we wrap up, one question that I love to ask people is, Actually, I don't even know if I've asked anyone this, but this is what I want to ask you today. <laughs> um, is okay. I'm ready. Um, if you could like leave our listeners with anything to take away from, you know, this 45 minute interview, um, what would you want them to know? Mm, I have something. Yes. So <sighs> I was doing. Um, a Jenny Allen study this morning with my Bible study. And I specifically highlighted something because I felt like the Lord said, I want you to share this on the podcast. And so I'm glad it came up that (laughs) he just said, remember that thing I nudged you? I want you to share it. Um, And I think it's encouraging and, and it's, yeah, I'm I'm ready to share. (laughs) Uh, She said, we serve a God who is both transcendent and imminent fancy words for saying that his ways are beyond human understanding yet he chooses to be near us to be with us even in the hardest times when we cannot yet see how he could possibly bring anything good from our circumstances but as we build a grateful heart we find purpose behind the pain wow Wow. Um, (laughs) just a such a good reminder that he chooses he's he chooses to be near us Mm. to be with us and that Mm. we like even when things are just seem like they're falling apart that there's so much purpose um, in the midst of all this yeah that's so good I'm so glad you got to share that I'm so glad that like the Holy Spirit prompted you to share that and um, yeah, I'm sure and specifically that about the, the grateful heart. Yeah. Um, there's just so much power in, in saying, thank you, God, for these eggs I'm eating this morning. Yeah. Thank you for my feet. Thank yeah. you for this beautiful tree I'm looking at. I don't know. The more we just grow in delight and awe, um, yeah. and gratefulness for what yeah. we have today, it may not be Broadway and our cute New York apartment and whatever it is we had, but what do we have? You know, like his mercies are new every morning. That's praise God. Praise God. Um, wow. Lorely. I feel so just refreshed, um, and like inspired Mm. by our conversation and just by you and the way that you have so boldly demonstrated, like what it means to love God. So, just so publicly. And I, and I've been so inspired by that. I feel like that's something that the Lord's been calling me to recently is just being bolder, um, and being called to the uncomfortable places of just like, why am I hiding this? Um, so thank you so much for gosh, just coming on our show and speaking. I'm sure there are so many people who feel just as inspired as I do. Um, Mm. but yeah, so for our listeners, if you like, give obviously give Laura Lee a, a follow on Instagram because her her writing is so inspiring on there but also give her give her oh, podcast a, a hello I mean her, it's yes. the best living in the light we love living it in the light yeah. yeah I am having um this Monday Quentin Darrington yes on and he brought some truth 
That's yes. so good. That's so good. He was on your show too, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was yeah. incredible. He He's so inspirational to me. So yeah, if you are interested, give her podcast a listen, give her a follow. Um, but we love you, Laura Lee. Thank you so much mm. for being on our show and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it was such a blessing to be on, Emma. And yeah. I hope all of you have a blessed day. Hey, all right. Bye-bye. Bye, girl. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay. 